now that it is starting to warm up outside, I feel like these warmer, sunnier days, they're just like calling to me. I want to be outside. I want to be busy. I want to be doing things. And I am so glad that when I'm feeling that energy and I want to go and do that I have factor right there in my fridge so that I don't have to worry about tons of prep for food, big messy meals. I don't have to think about like, oh, what am I going to feed myself this week? It's all done for me with factor. And thanks to Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals that are dietitian approved they're just ready to eat in two minutes. So no matter how busy I get, no matter what the kids have going on, no matter what is on the calendar this spring and summer, I have nutritious, great-tasting meals ready to go. And with over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. I've been loving those add-ons personally. Like you have everything from breakfast to dessert, and you can stay fueled with these easy, nutritious options. You all know my husband likes to take them into the hospital. I like them for those busy days where I'm on the go with the kids, and I can treat myself to these restaurant-quality meals in just two minutes. And we're talking really great ingredients here, like blackened salmon, yes please, and all of that without shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. So head to factormeals.com inminutes50 and use code inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inminutes50 at factormeals.com in minutes 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hello everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. We are doing a freeform episode today. So no guided meditation. If you're here and you're like, where's my anxiety guided meditation? Not here. Um, There are lots of those and yeah, freeform episode. I feel like, I don't know, this kind of feels like first day of school energy in a way for me. So much has happened. This is the first time that I'm sitting down and recording a freeform episode since um, baby Poppy arrived. And I don't know, I feel like I am just getting back into the swing of things. This is my first day back from my maternity leave. And I... Yeah, I just I really kind of pushed my work to the last minute. (laughs) And so this episode I've been working on all day since this morning. And um, I had like an outline, but really kind of like filling it in all day today. And now I'm recording it. And so it kind of feels like that getting back into the swing of things after summer break, not that maternity leave is like a break or a vacation. It is definitely exhausting and a lot of work, but it's just like my brain has to switch from like baby mode, keep the little humans alive mode to like working and podcasting and like talking about like brains and meditation and science and anxiety and all of that. And like it feels so good to kind of be back in the swing of things a little bit, even though I'm still very, very part time in my working um, because my kids are really needing me at the moment. But I don't know. It just feels feels good to be back, even though it's only been like six weeks. Um, it's been a I, this is like the fastest six weeks of my life. So I think I mentioned this when I sat. I was a little bit in a haze a couple weeks ago, and I sat down and did. And I just woke up one morning and was like, I want to do a you know I want to share my evening practice and my morning practice that I've been doing. Um, I'm pretty sure I shared this, but obviously Poppy is here. 
She's a dream. We love her. Porkchop is definitely adjusting. He has some really strong only child energy. Um, he is a little baby Scorpio, so he has very deep feelings, but he has such a big heart. And so we're all transitioning and learning how to do it and having this new family member here. He is definitely having some big feelings and we're doing a lot of communicating, um, but all things considered, he is doing great transitioning into being a big brother. And Mila, of course, for anyone that's new, Mila is uh, my dog, the first child, the first mindful of minutes child. Mila is just a queen as always. And she's like, I got this. She's like, I just, you know, another kid, another, another day. So although she is, she's turning into such a little rascal though, because she's nine. This is like the last like update and then we'll get into the actual episode. Um, she's turning into a little rascal. She like is, I, she just has decided life is short. She's getting into her golden years. And so pork chop is walking around. He has a snack in his hands and she's like, you know what? I think I would like that snack. She's going for it. Or if he drops it before it even hits the ground, she's like, I've never seen this dog move so fast and like levitating over to and like snatching that snack out of like midair. And she's always just, she's turning into such a little rascal. I I love her. She's just, she's a piece of work. All of my children, the furry ones and the human ones, they're all a piece of work and I love them. But anyways, um, hi, if this is your first episode listening, you're probably like, who is this woman? What does she know about meditation? What are these children with such like obscure names? I do want to reiterate, um, Porkchop and Poppy are my children's like um, internet names. I get that question like a lot. So why did you decide to name your baby Porkchop? Um, they do have different names, um, but just I just choose like online to not share their um, their full names. So are there? I don't know their IRL name. So both of those were their in utero names. It's what I don't name my children until I've met them. So they don't have names until they're like a few days old. And so I always referred to pork chop as pork chop when he was in my belly. And then um, Poppy, I found out that she was in my belly when she was the size of a poppy seed. So I just started calling her Poppy and it and it stuck. So those are their kind of like nicknames. We do still around the house call them Porkchop and Poppy sometimes because that's always just been like their nicknames. Um, but yeah, those are their internet names. So I think at least like maybe not once a week, but at least once a month, someone sends me like a message or an email and it's like, I've just been dying to know what made you choose the name Porkchop for your firstborn. It's just his nickname. Uh, okay. I've already totally derailed from my nose. <laughs> I feel like I'm like catching up a little bit um, with all of you, even though I'm just sitting alone in my little dark closet recording. It kind of feels like a catch up after like being away and not doing this for a few weeks. It, you know, I feel like I'm catching up with old friends. So I had to, you know, fill you in on how all the kids are doing. Um, but that's all of the mom content for this. If you are here for like the mom content and the mom journey, um, I'm going to be sharing at some point, don't have a hard date sometime this month over on Meditation Mama, which is my secondary podcast, which has prenatal, uh, postpartum and fertility guided meditations over there. Um, I'm going to share kind of like a freeform episode. I don't really do freeforms over there, but I'm going to share kind of just like things that surprised me, um, about like I don't know, birth and motherhood and all that the second time around. 
I'll be sharing um, something on that. So if you're here for more mom content, that's where you'll find it. But if you are here for meditation and the brain and anxiety and how do I learn how to meditate, how do I deepen my practice, if you're here for that content, you are in you're in the right spot. So yeah, like I said, now I'm finally just going back to my notes after this little monologue of like, let me catch you up on what the kids are doing and how life is. Um, it's already snowed here once in Minnesota. Yeah. So I don't know. What's new with you? I <laughs> I am loving getting caught up and sitting in this little dark closet again. I haven't been in here for a while, especially recording a freeform episode. So, uh, oh, one thing I wanted to touch base on to kind of piggyback off of that. Um, so many of you were so kind and so loving and sending me messages like when there are posts on Instagram and things like that being like, Kelly, you're working so hard. You just had a baby. I was not working hard. Um, I mean, I was. I was working hard to like have birth and like, you know, have a baby and keep that baby alive. Um, but I recently there I have a very small but beautiful team yoga for you that was helping and and we've been working kind of behind the scenes for months getting ready for that time that like I'll be taking off so they were everything was like pre-planned already made and then they would go in and actually like post things and stuff from miles away so if anyone was like if you're one of those really loving people where you're like you should you know don't stress about having to keep up with a posting schedule or anything that I wasn't. I had wonderful people that were really helping me behind the scenes so that anyone who didn't, you know, know that I was on maternity leave, like I didn't want the mindful minutes slash yoga for you experience to be any different um, for for anyone. I just, you know, wanted to keep everything kind of rolling, but then also so I could be hands off. So I was hands off for the last like six weeks. Um, but so many of you were really kind and sweet about that. So just wanted to clear that up, that there was someone taking care of that for me. And I am so, 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 so grateful for the tiny, mighty, beautiful um, Yoga For You team. So yeah. But with that, switching gears, um, with all of that, now that we've caught up and you guys know that I was not, you know, even if it looked like I was doing work and Yoga For You stuff, I wasn't. I was full-blown um, postpartum focus on poppy and pork chop, all of that. But I am really, really excited to be back. And this Reform episode in particular is one that I'm really excited to share because I have been basically thinking about it, wanting to share it for over a year. I've teased a little bit about it, but now I can finally share. And that is that I have been working for the last year on a big project around anxiety and meditation. It's like a project, a thesis, if you will, um, where I've been working behind the scenes to not only work on my own personal anxiety, which I'll be sharing um, a lot about that here on this episode, but also I wanted to work on a big anxiety project because it is the number one thing that I get asked for with this podcast when I work with private clients when I'm on retreat. Like anxiety, it's like anxiety, sleep, stress and like intuition soul work I think are probably like the top topics that I hear about you know time and time again 
anxiety is definitely like the number one. And so it's something that has really deeply impacted my personal life and meditation has helped me so much with my anxiety. And I know that a lot of you came here for the very first time because you stumbled across an anxiety meditation or you were having a hard time sleeping because you're worried about things. And so you turned on one of my sleep meditations. So it just felt like the project that I really wanted to pursue. And it's something that I have been hearing about and that I've personally been working with, you know, for, for the entire length of this podcast for over six years, even still to this day. So here is the outline of this episode. It is, you know, I'm recording this right now. Um, I do have like nine pages of notes. I was like, oh, I'll just kind of share this and that and that. And then before I knew it, I had nine pages of notes. Um, so yeah, I'll talk about, there might be a couple of different parts to this, but we'll talk about it. But here's what I'm thinking about doing. Well, here's what I am going to do for this. Um, I'm going to share my project, what it is, all of that. Um, I'm going to share my personal anxiety story um, and how I knew that it was something when it was time to really address it for myself and to make some changes and how my life is different since doing that. I'm going to share kind of the eight components of anxiety or like the, I guess, eight layers to anxiety that I have this is kind of the thesis part that I've come to just a conclusion as to like these are kind of the eight different steps. I don't know if I like the word like steps as much, but I think of them as kind of like layers where you, you know, start with one and then you layer something else on. So these different components are layers of anxiety and how you can take eight weeks and really transform your relationship with your anxiety, how your body, your mind, your heart, how you really kind of respond and live with anxiety and why I chose to take on this a particular project. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Just so much anxiety. <laughs> so the announcement, the big announcement, I have a second book coming out. Um, but this one is a, it's like part book in the beginning, and then it is a journal. So it's called You Are Not Your Thoughts. It's something I've been working on for over a year. It's going to be released and published on January 2nd. But basically what it is, I'll read you the blurb. My publisher wrote this blurb, um, and then I'm going to give you like my version of it. But the blurb is, you are not your thoughts. With just 20 minutes of meditation and journaling a day for eight weeks, you can learn to detach yourself from your anxious thoughts, heal, heal your relationship with anxiety, and start living a fuller, calmer life. In this guided meditation journal, meditation teacher Kelly Smith, host of the iTunes Chart Topping Podcast, Mindful Minutes. Hi. Hello. Welcome. That's me. An author of Mindful Minutes Meditation for the Modern Family takes you by the hand and leads you step by step through an eight week program of daily meditation and journaling to help you acknowledge, accept, understand, soothe, and ultimately heal the debilitating effects of anxiety. So, this is like I said, there is definitely a book component to it, but then it's mostly this really. Um, it's a beautiful journal. The illustrator, if any of you who picked up my first book, uh, Meditation for the Modern Family, I know a lot of you did. Thank you for that. It's the same illustrator. So it's the same really beautiful watercolor images. I wanted this journal to also be a really calming, soothing, like visual meditative experience. And it is a daily meditation and journaling practice over the course of eight weeks. So it's the second half of the blurb. 
Each week of Mindful Minutes, You Are Not Your Thoughts covers a different aspect of the anxiety experience, building on the previous week and offering different tools to help you learn to detach yourself from your anxious thoughts and cope with symptoms and causes of anxiety. The daily meditation and journal prompts are designed to help you go deep into your inner self, develop a close understanding of your particular experience. And yeah, this journal should take no more than 20 minutes a day. Um, I really designed it to be something where it's like this little micro habit that you can create for your day. Practices and prompts include things like breath work, body scans, visualizations, free writes. There's a couple drawing prompts, letter writing, list making, so much more. So that is all, that's kind of like the official blurb for the journal. Here's my version. This is the you are not your thoughts, parentheses, Kelly's version. Um, So I wanted to create this journal. I wanted to write something. I'm really grateful that my publishers were open to this idea that I had. I kind of just pitched it to them even when I was still in the middle of writing the first book. And I was like, hey, I want to pursue a project around meditation and anxiety. I want to pull from my own experience over the last few years, really working on kind of healing my relationship with my anxious thoughts, with my anxiety, it's something I've been working on with private clients. And I want to create something that is kind of this like easy to digest, like just open a page. Here's the instructions. Do it. Micro habit to help other people and specifically Mindful Minutes listeners. I want to help them with their anxiety because I know this is something that a lot of us are working through collectively and they were so open to this idea and they really just kind of let me create this thing that I've been dreaming of and I'm so so grateful for that so I wanted to create this for me and for you for my clients and there are eight weeks and each week has a different focus and so I took kind of this like thesis that I had of like there's kind of these eight different like layers so I reflected back on the work that I've been doing over the last few years with my personal anxiety and kind of looked at like the different stages of that. And it definitely, this journal was more formed like in hindsight between working personally and with students and clients and kind of created the thesis then from the last few years of work and focus that I've been doing behind the scenes and just internally on anxiety. And so there's eight weeks. Each day has a different meditation practice, a mantra, and a journal entry. The first part of the book is kind of meditation 101, meditation anxiety. What do the studies say? What does it do for your brain? How can you best utilize this practice? Um, It's like book in the first half, and then the second half is all of the journal it is, like I said, it's really beautiful. Esty, the illustrator, she is so, so talented. And there's these really beautiful like watercolor images. And I think she has such a great job of kind of taking the words and kind of my imagination and like what I imagine and then just making it like way better. So it's like, I'll start with an idea. I'll be like, when I think about this guided meditation, I think about, you know, an image of like, roots going down into the earth and she'll like take that and then just create something that's even better than I could have imagined. Every day is going to take you less than 20 minutes. So I wanted to stay in that like mindful minutes vein where, you know, we don't necessarily need a lot of time to have like this big impact. And the meditation each day, the journal prompt, and then the mantra for the day, they all work together. So it's like you kind of have like a focus for that day. And there's something kind of cool. So my publisher had never done this before, and they kind of floated this idea past me where they were like, 
wouldn't it be kind of cool because you're a podcaster to add like an audio component to this? And it's like, you can't really do an audio book of a journal. And so each day there's going to be a QR code in which you will hear my voice, um, my, you know, my favorite description anyone's ever said, you guys know, is when someone said my NyQuil voice. You will hear my NyQuil voice um, walking you through the instructions of that day's meditation. So you'll be able to, you can, of course, read the instructions for the meditation, but you will also have a QR code that you can scan. This is only going to be for the American versions, I believe, uh, that are printed in the U.S. I don't think the international printers are including the QR codes, um, but if you are in the U.S., you should be able to scan the QR codes or get like an American printed version. Um, and then it will be my voice reading out loud the instructions for the meditation. I'm going to double check, but I'm pretty sure it's just the American printed versions. Um, but yeah, so there's going to be an audio component to it as well. And yeah, that's it. It has these eight different components, which is what the bulk of this episode is going to be about. Like what, in my opinion, are kind of these eight different elements of anxiety? Like how do you work through them? all of that to really kind of transform your relationship with your anxiety in those eight weeks. Uh, it's $19 I to include that because I feel like nothing is worse when you're hearing about like someone, something, their project or their, people do this with courses all the time. This is going to be a really short tangent, I promise. Like you look at a course or something and like they don't have the price anywhere. You have to scroll through like 97 like pages of like a sales page and then at the bottom it's like oh and by the way this thing is ten thousand dollars and you're like okay if you would have just told me it was ten thousand dollars on the first page I could have looked at that and been like you know I am not in the market for a ten thousand dollar course right now thank you but instead I read through all of these pages just looking for the price to see if it's viable or not so it's nineteen dollars um yeah and I'm really really proud of it so let's dive in. And you might be thinking at this point, I wrote a little note to myself to touch on this because you might be thinking, Kelly, haven't you said before that you are not big into journaling? Yes. Yes, I have. I have said this. I have said this a few times a couple years ago, a few years ago. Um, I have really changed my, I, I've really gotten into journaling and I've changed my thoughts on journaling. Not that I, it wasn't that I I didn't know that I knew it was beneficial. I knew it was good for you. I have so many students and clients that journal. Um, I just personally never did like a ton of journaling before. But in a moment when I talk about like my own experience, I've really changed. And I started doing a lot of journaling when I was doing my own kind of personal anxiety work. And it made such a big difference. And it's a big part of like what inspired this journal that I made, this anxiety journal, um, because I found a lot of value in writing down my thoughts. And also, I think it's important. And I'm going to do, I think next week, I'm going to do a freeform episode specifically on journaling. It'll be a bonus one, like journaling 101, um, you know, the studies behind it, 
how to set up a journaling practice, that sort of thing. And one piece of it can be you don't always necessarily have to put like pen to paper, but this idea of like a journal prompt or like a writing prompt or a contemplative like introspective like prompt, I have found that to be so useful especially when I'm working through my anxiety. So if you have listened to old episodes and you've heard me say I'm not a big journaler, that was true at that time. And it's something that I started dabbling in, I don't know, maybe two-ish years ago. And it's made it's made a big difference. And it's something that I've kind of continued to really cultivate. And I found a lot of benefit in it. So let's talk about these eight components of anxiety and why I chose these. So each week in this journal, there's a different focus, kind of working through this, I don't know, program, I guess. that My struggle with that word, is like steps and programs, is that it just feels so like sterile in a way. And it is that, yes. But to me, it's also it's so much more like personal than that. It's so much more exploratory than just kind of this like here is your eight week, you know, anti-anxiety meditation program. It's like, yeah, it is that. But I think you guys will see as I dive into like what each week is and why I chose that, that it isn't as, um, I don't know, like it just feels so kind of like kind of like cold and um not a lot of life in those words, in my opinion. So yes, it is that. But these eight different components. So each week is a different component. And you will kind of work on you kind of start at the first step, and then you'll start layering on more things. So the first week and the first kind of component in my anxiety thesis is acknowledging and accepting the anxiety's presence. Then there then you explore in week two anxiety in your body. Week three, anxiety in your mind and your thoughts. Week four, anxiety in your heart. And then week five is all around like soothing your personal anxiety. Week six is about like reframing your anxiety, the way you look at it, the way you think about it, reframing your thoughts. Week seven is living through your anxiety. So not letting it be this all-encompassing thing, like really looking at how anxiety isn't you, but it's just something that you experience, so kind of detaching yourself, you know, kind of this idea like you are not your thoughts. And then the eighth week is moving beyond your anxiety. So I came up with these because it's what I've been personally working with. It's what I've been working with with my clients and my students. And these kind of different steps, like this actual sort of formula, these components were formed after the fact, like I knew I wanted to create this journal and then I was working on kind of forming this sort of like thesis and like these steps and reflecting on what I'd been working on, what I've been working on with students and hearing from them. Um, then I kind of created this more like fully formed, um, I guess, program. I need to look up like a, a, a synonym for program. Um, but yeah. So I want to talk about it. It's hard for me to talk about, one, why this project is so important to me, and two, how I came up with, like, this particular, these components without talking about my own um, anxiety. So I am not going to go into super deep detail. This is my, I don't know, it, it's not even, like, necessarily a trigger warning. Um, I will talk, I will be talking about specifically um, postpartum anxiety because that is around the time when Porkchop was born, I knew that that my anxiety was, it was a problem. Um, and I'll be talking just a little bit about um, 
when I had a lot of anxiety around like food and my relationship with food. So if hearing about either of those topics, if you're like, I don't need to hear about either of those things, um, you can fast forward a few minutes. Uh, but yeah, so just wanted to kind of put that up top. I will not speak very deeply or specifically to what my personal fears were or like what my specific intrusive thoughts, things like that. I'll only talk briefly because I do not want to unlock a certain fear in someone else that they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even like think about that. Um, it's the main reason why I don't share my birth story. Um, one, this isn't like the podcast to do it, but I don't like openly, like if someone asks or if I'm, you know, catching up with a friend and they ask, like, I'll tell them, but I always ask people like, you know, do you want me to tell you? I basically feel like sometimes it, I don't know, if someone says something and you're like, oh, then this happened. And then you're like, great. I didn't even know I had to worry about like that happening. I just don't want to like unlock new fears for people. So I'll only be talking very briefly, but I will be talking about those, those two things. So just keep that in mind. So the first time I remember experiencing anxiety, I at least my earliest recollection of it was probably in the first grade. And I remember getting so much anxiety around learning how to read. And I talk about this a lot in my first book. I've mentioned it on this podcast, but I have dyslexia. And when I was in first grade, I was supposed to be learning how to read. I was not getting it. And so I basically just like refused to learn how to read. It was a whole thing. I apparently like, didn't I refused to read or engage in like reading lessons at all for like six weeks. And then I finally told my mom. And my mom was like, what do you mean? She's just been refusing to like take reading lessons for like six. I just flat out was like, no, I'm not doing that. And in hindsight, I know it was just I was not necessarily being taught the information in a way that made sense to my brain, having both ADHD and dyslexia. And just the earliest recollection that I have around anxiety is is this memory where I'm sitting there in the classroom. I'm sitting at this, you know, table with those, you know, the little chairs. Do you ever go back to like, or maybe some of you that have kids, you go back to like a kindergarten classroom, like a first grade classroom, and like the chairs are so little. You're like, how did I ever fit in this like tiny little chair? But anyways, I'm sitting on those teeny tiny little chairs, and we have this piece of paper. There's different like sight words on it, and we were supposed to, I guess, like take turns like reading the words. And I just remember having so much anxiety being called on and being like, they are going to call on me. I do not know what any of these words are. I cannot read. I I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. And I was so anxious and scared. And I think this was probably around the point where I was like, well, if I just refuse, if I like, don't say anything or I don't engage, or I disengage, maybe I won't have to do it. But this is the first like, like core memory that I have of anxiety is like, they're going to ask me to do this. I can't do it. Everyone's going to make fun of me. I, you know, they're going to say that like I'm dumb and, you know, all that, which if you've listened to my ADHD episode, you know that that's something that I've worked a lot on healing within myself is kind of this narrative of like, well, I'm not dumb. I just learned differently um, because I don't know, school was, school was, was pretty, it was, uh, it was pretty dicey. And so I have this like core memory of like a really physical sensation of anxiety, like a pit in my stomach, like sweating. I Even to this day when I get anxious, I sweat, like internally kind of like feeling like shaking and quivering. And I didn't know at the time that it was like anxiety. I just was having this physiological response being like, please do not call on me. Do not make me do this reading thing. Like it's going to be awful. I'm like just spiraling, right? And that's just the first memory that I have of 
anxiety. And it's really interesting because, and I, I want to pause for one second and say that I had, I'm so lucky. I have great parents. I had such a loving, comforting mom. You know, Mama Smith sometimes listens to the podcast. You never know when Mama Smith is going to enter the chat. So mom, if you are listening, you are phenomenal. What I'm about to say is not a reflection on you at all. But sometimes when I think back, now that I am a mom and I look back and do not panic, mom, if you're listening, I'm not about to like roast you on my podcast. But I think there's something when I think about this memory, I almost want to go back and like, like mother myself. Not that my mom didn't mother me. She did. But it's like there's something new that's been unlocked in me. And this might be something to explore like a different time, like, you know, inner child work. But I think about, you know, when I go back and I think about me as like a child and then I think about like pork chop or poppy in that same, you know, scenario and situation. I don't there's some there's almost something healing in a way when I think about things like anxiety as a child and wanting to like comfort that that little girl. And I don't know, there's just something I've been thinking a lot when I reflect back on like you know anxiety in childhood and you know schooling and things like that and it's like it almost makes me want to like mother myself in a way and it's it's just kind of changed my perspective on anxiety as a child and I have more I just have an ability to be able to kind of like zoom out a little bit more and look at it from kind of the like adult perspective now that I have my own children. I don't know if that makes sense, but that was something that was really coming up for me like as I was recalling this like first anxiety. And like how would my parents know that I was feeling anxiety in that moment? They wouldn't. They weren't there. They weren't in my body. Only I know that experience. So but this is something like as I was embarking on kind of healing and I want to make it clear when I talk about like healing, I'm not I'm not saying that I like cured myself from all anxiety ever. I'm talking about kind of this like healing in the sense of like if you get a paper cut, it may be in the process of healing, right? But you may still have that cut. There may still be like new tissue, new things that are forming like in that kind of healing, growing process. Um, But thinking about, you know, anxiety showing up when I was a kid, it's just a different perspective. It feels a little bit more healing now that I am a parent and thinking about just kind of things with that perspective. I could, I feel like I can zoom out a little bit more. And I did a lot of zooming out when I was working with my anxiety and trying to look at it from a different perspective. That, my friends, is the sound of another sale on Shopify. And let me tell you, when I first started podcasting, I was not thinking about an online store at all. I was just excited that I had figured out how to basically create an audio file and get it out into the universe. I wasn't thinking about the possibilities or what things would look like years on down the road. And now that I'm selling books and decks and meditation scripts, I have found that not only is an online store so important, but it is so easy now that I've discovered Shopify. And Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're just starting out or maybe you just hit your millionth sale. Shopify has amazing support to help you along the way, and it helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, and it's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And like, honestly, the one thing I wish I would have done differently with my online store is just started it sooner. And Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., 
And the reason is, is because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. So you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mindful, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mindful now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mindful. If there are two things that are for certain in my life right now, it is that one, I'm really trying to prioritize the food that I put in my body because I know what I feed myself. I end up feeding baby Poppy. And two, I do not have a lot of time. And even if I have aspirations of having these great balanced meals, sometimes I just do not have enough time to follow through on that, which is why I'm so happy that I have discovered Factor. And Factor makes these delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're fresh. They're never frozen. They're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So they are perfect for me on those really busy mom days when both kids are going crazy. And they're perfect for my husband when he has long shifts at the hospital. He doesn't really get a meal break, so he can just pop one in the microwave and it's ready in just two minutes. And I love that they are no fuss, no mess meals, and they're good. They're really good. Plus, you can customize your weekly meals with flexibility so you can get as much or as little as you need. We need different amounts on different weeks, and so this is perfect for us. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverage. So it really is just perfect for us. So head to factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to use code inminutes50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code inminutes50 at factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. So that's like my first recollection of anxiety. And it kind of makes me feel, you know, sad. Like I said, I want to go back and give like little me like a hug. Um, And then I had a lot of anxiety when I was in my early 20s. I there was a point in my early 20s in which I was really struggling with my relationship with food. And again, I'm not going to go into like specific details, um, but I just I felt really anxious and I had a lot of like food anxiety. Anyone that has you know, had a tricky relationship with food. Um, I'm sure if I just say food anxiety, you will know what I mean. But I had a lot of physical, mental, emotional anxiety around food and eating and things like that. Um, That's another time that I just really have this heightened awareness or recollection of anxiety really kind of taking hold of me at that time. And then I think about like the third, like I really worked specifically when I was working through my relationship with food, which is something that like it, it is, it is so much better now than it was, you know, 10 years ago. And a lot of that, that a lot of what I was working through healing that was when I really started, you know, getting into yoga, into meditation, getting into introspective practices. This stuff has helped me so much. And I didn't really have, you know, as I worked through that, which took a long time, it's still something that, you know, every once in a while pops up. But it wasn't really until like 2019, I noticed that anxiety was really creeping up. And I started to, I started to get a lot of anxiety around travel. And this was, for those of you that have been around for a while, um, I was doing a ton of travel at this time. Like 2019, I think I did the most travel I'd ever done um, for work. And 
I started getting really kind of fearful of travel, getting really anxious when trips were coming up. And that just wasn't really me. And it wasn't even because of the trip. It wasn't like I'm doing a retreat and like I feel so anxious about the thing. It just for whatever reason, I started getting this anxiety that was manifesting as sort of this like anxiety around like specifically like traveling, like you know, getting a big fear of flying, things like that. And I just was doing a lot of traveling. And I think I wasn't taking the time to like pause and like ground myself in between traveling. And it just started to give me like a little bit of anxiety because I wasn't, you know, just anchoring myself. And at that point, the anxiety wasn't it, like I said, it wasn't the travel. It was just like my anxiety was manifesting in these. Like, I just I worried about Mila a lot when I was traveling and like she's gonna be alone. What you think? And I I would be really anxious about being on an airplane, and that was just how it was kind of manifesting. And part of the work in the journal or in this kind of anxiety thesis is really looking at anxiety sort of as this iceberg. And so what you see at the surface is you know, not, it's just the tip of the iceberg, right? If you're like a 90s kid like me, I'm sure like some like school or principal had this picture on the wall where it was like, had the tip of the iceberg and then it showed everything that was underneath and it would be, you know, whatever and have some like motivational quote on it. But I think about that particular image when it comes to anxiety, because how it's showing up on the surface is not always a direct reflection or correlation as to like what's actually happening like beneath the surface. I, I loved traveling. I loved doing retreats. I loved traveling to do trainings and all of those things. It's just for whatever reason, my anxiety around when I reflect, I think what I was actually feeling anxious about was just feeling a little bit uncertain, unsure, like kind of one of those like what direction am I going in um, that it just was manifesting and really worrying about Mila and being on an airplane. I was just, I don't know what was happening. And so that was kind of like ramping up. I was feeling myself kind of being like, okay, I it's a little strange. I'm getting really anxious about like these two particular things or my anxiety is manifesting in these two particular things. But life was moving really fast at that point. And so it just kept, you know, moving, moving, moving. And I never really did anything about it other than like keeping up my meditation practice, continuing to practice yoga. And that absolutely helped. But I, I didn't do a lot of like dig a little bit deeper to try to course correct in a way. Then COVID hit, and so we're going to good old 2020. We know it well. COVID hit. I found out I was pregnant with pork chop. Both those things happened March of 2020. I remember very specifically, I found out I was pregnant with pork chop. And um, less than a week later, we had stay-at-home orders. I had a lot of fear. We, we all had a lot of fear and anxiety. I can only speak to like my personal brand of fear and anxiety during that time, which was, wow, I'm going to be a mom. I'm I'm pregnant during a pandemic. At the time, I wasn't able to get uh, an appointment with my doctor. They had deemed pregnancy like an early pregnancy, like non-essential. It, it was a whole thing. I was really nervous. I didn't know you know, what to expect. I couldn't get in for any scans. I It was just really scary. I was really worried and anxious about yoga for you. And was it going to survive? I had to cancel. I was going to do a lot of trainings and some retreats in the UK. If any of you were around then and signed up for that, you will remember when I had to send like the heartbreaking email of being like, I'm not able to go. And I couldn't share with people at the time that part of it was because I was 
pregnant. This was before, like, stay-at-home orders had been in place. But I just found out I was pregnant, and it was March of 2020, and it was at that time where everyone was like, I don't know. Should we travel? Should we not travel? Is this going to be, you know, is this just a, a thing that we're going to look back on and, you know, oh, remember how we were so worried? This is going to be like Y2K. It wasn't like Y2K. But um, because I was pregnant, I made the decision to not chance it, and it was just the hardest thing ever. But I couldn't share at that time that um, – that I was pregnant or I didn't care to um, share publicly at that time um, just with some history that I had. I wanted to wait a while before I shared um, that news. And so I was worried about was my business going to survive um, because I had put down all these deposits and everything for all of these venues, all these trainings to travel. Um, I didn't get any of that money back. That to this day I remember um, all of the money that I, like thousands of dollars that I was like, I can't believe this one decision I just made. Um, I just like, there goes several thousand dollars. And and I, I couldn't, I mean, I, I couldn't afford that today either. But I just remember being like, how am I ever going to, like, is this the end of my bit? Is this it? And there was that stress. And then I had a a lot of stress and worry around my husband. He was in medical school. He was a resident uh, in in the hospital. He was actually doing a lot of ICU residencies. And so this was before we understood really anything about COVID. And there's a lot of fear around, is he safe? You know, he was absolutely like a frontline worker, as I know many of you were at that time. And so there's fear around his health and his safety. And then also like, what does that mean for our household and like my health, being pregnant, all of that. So COVID came and that added even more anxiety. So I kind of had this like, okay, there's anxiety here. It's something that I need to, I kind of was pushing it off like, eh, the anxiety is not like that bad. It's like not like getting, the, you know, in the way of my, of my life or anything like that. And then, then it was compounded with all this extra anxiety of like pregnancy, worrying that my business was going to go under, um, Although I will say that since we're just here and we're chatting and I'm sharing these personal things with you guys, you and I'm I'm going to take a deep breath because motherhood has the Grinch effect on me. And what I mean by that is it seems like every time I have a child, my heart grows like three sizes, like the Grinch. And I just feel so much more and so much deeper and become like more emotional. So I'm going to not like cry when I say this, but like you guys saved me during that time and you didn't and you didn't even know it like any of you that were here and came here at 2020 my podcast mindful minutes went from like nothing to something in the spring and summer of 2020 and what I mean by that is like there were people listening to mindful in minutes um but like it went from like wow, like people are listening to like one, you know, one week, March of 2020, it went from like a couple thousand listeners in that week to tens of thousands the next week. And that moment, this little kind of passion project, like I was so scared and I thought, you know, I was coming to terms with like, you know, this has been really cool. This has been so great. Like yoga for you. I've been able to live my dream and kind of just accepting that like this was probably the end of it. And like because of you guys, sorry, I'm going to take my deep breath. Like because of you guys, like my life changed. And it's not to say that it's like, oh, you know, mindful minutes is like 
you know, the biggest thing, the biggest podcast ever. It's not, but it's, but it, it's like my full-time job now. It's something that I've been doing for six years. It's turned into books. It's turned into retreats. It's turned into like, I just, whenever I stop and I think about like that moment, and I'm sure I've said this before, but I don't know if I've said it like as clearly, but like so many of you that showed up in the spring and summer of 2020 because of what you were experiencing in the pandemic, the fear and the anxiety and the worry that you were experiencing and you were looking for ways to cope with that. And a lot of you just kind of by happen chance stumbled across my podcast. Like you guys absolutely just like saved me and saved my, I guess, business, but like saved like my dream. And I I didn't know it. it was really one of those moments where I was just like, you know, it was like this one little spark of light and it just like, I don't know. I think, I think of it as like, that was the moment where it was like the match was struck to like light the fire of like mindful minutes. And I just remember looking and I, I thought, I remember looking at my stats cause I do this thing where once a week I look at, you know, just like listeners and things like that. Like I, I love a good spreadsheet. I love some data. And so once a week I look at like the podcast stats and just kind of see like, you know, what's going on. And I was doing that and I was doing my weekly check-in and I just remember looking at the numbers. It was like from one week to another. And I was just like, this is wrong. Like I thought, I thought there was like a software like glitch or I was just like, wait, did I put the wrong date? Did I put it for like the year instead of like the week or like the quarter and then I just kept checking it I just kept being like is that right and I just I couldn't believe it and just I don't know so anyway so thank you for that um you guys didn't know it but you were absolutely like the brightest light um during that time and so I'm I'm forever grateful for you guys for that so anyways there was that big anxiety, which just, you know, comp- I don't have to explain it to you guys. If you, you know, you you lived it as well, not necessarily the same circumstances of like, oh, my yoga business and I'm pregnant, but like you guys lived through 2020. So I do not have to explain it to you. So then that compounded even more. And then my turning point was right after Pork Chop was born. So I didn't have, I had some anxiety during pregnancy, just kind of, you know, all this that I'm describing. Um, But I ended up, and I think it was because like this anxiety just kept like ramping up. It started, you know, over the years with like the travel and not grounding myself, not taking care of myself during that busy time. And then 2020 and all of that. And then, and then Porkchop was born and I had really severe postpartum anxiety. So I just... I'm pretty positive I've shared this on the podcast before, but it all kind of culminated in I just I straight up just stopped sleeping. So I'm not going to get into the specific fear. I don't want to unlock any fears in anyone. I just I developed this extreme fear and anxiety that I couldn't sleep, that I couldn't close my eye. I couldn't take my eyes off of pork chop for one minute because what if something bad happened to him specifically you know something happened to him in his sleep and i was sleeping and and i wasn't there to somehow like fix it or you know save him or whatever so i just decided that i i just like i couldn't sleep even though i knew and i was like okay i need to sleep to like be safe to like take care of my child 
And I definitely was putting myself at risk. And I want to be clear here. It's not like I just was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just not going to sleep. And it just was like I, I couldn't. I couldn't sleep. I was just too scared. And anytime I'd close my eyes, I'd have to like open them again and, you know, check him constantly. And it just it was really a lot. And not sleeping we know it's one not good for you, but also it can lead to like postpartum psychosis, which I definitely was at in those first few weeks, definitely at a higher um, risk for. And it was in that moment, and I know I've shared this story before, but it was in that moment where it may, maybe maybe this was postpartum psychosis. I don't know. It wasn't. I, I know in my heart this was just like it was what it was. I was standing over Porkchop's little bassinet. I was looking at him. I was checking. I just always would check and look at him, make sure he was breathing, look at his little chest, make sure it was still rising. So I would look at him and I've been doing this for like days and I just felt this like, I don't know, like comforting presence from um, my grandma who I didn't really know who had passed away. And I felt her come in and I just kind of felt this like warm hug and this voice that said like, don't worry, honey, I'll take the night shift. You go to bed and get some sleep. And um, and then, you know, you can take the day shift. And, you know, anyone listening to that, you're like, oh, that's weird. Or like what I, you know, I, I can't explain it. Can't tell you what it was, but I can tell you that it absolutely helped. And it was so eye opening to me. And, you know, I joke and say maybe it was postpartum psychosis because I felt like my grandma had like visited me. And was just like, you know, I'll keep your baby safe while you're sleeping so you can go and sleep. But it was so eye-opening to me in that moment of just like, oh, my gosh, like this this is bad. I we've, We have to do something about this because it's really impacting my quality of life. I can't show up to take care of myself or my child or anything else. Like if I'm if my anxiety has gotten to the point where it's, you know, really impacting my basic needs. So or taking care of my basic needs. And I was just in this like constant fear. So I was like, OK. And I do realize there is irony in a meditation teacher having extreme postpartum anxiety. But you know what? It It is what it is. It's It was my real lived experience. And, and it was just in that moment that I was like, OK, somehow baby steps, we're going to have to change this. We are going to have to uh, course correct. This has this is a problem. And that's where I really um, started to dive into anxiety. So this would have been late 2020, early 2021 when I was like, okay, for me personally, Kelly, even though I can help other people with their anxiety, I need to start doing this for me too. So I picked up on therapy again, which 10 out of 10 recommend really helps. You know, you guys know I will never be like, just do this one meditation and you will maybe never need anything ever again for support. This is kind of a multi, you know, tiered approach. It was meditation. It was journaling. It was working with mantras. It also was going and, you know, picking up therapy again, other stuff. So, and I really started diving into anxiety, reading about it, reflecting, journaling, looking at ways that I could make long-term changes in my life when it came to anxiety and specifically looking at what were small little things that I could do because I was also feeling so overwhelmed by being a new mom and motherhood and all of that. Um, how could I make these little changes that can have longer-term effect when it comes to my anxiety? And I thought about it as really kind of like softening the edges because it feel I don't know, anxiety to me feels really kind of like hard and like sharp. And so how could I soften um, the edges for myself and 
you know, I knew meditation could help. I, I was meditating. I understood the science of anxiety, what was happening, but it felt bigger and more complicated than that. It felt like layered. And so I wanted to look at like, what are these little baby steps? What are these different elements of anxiety? Like, how can I actually make a change in my own life? And I thought about it as like, you know, when you like jump into a pool at first and it's like cold and you're like, ah, it's kind of shocking. But then you like acclimate to the temperature. I thought about it as kind of like that. Like, how can I slowly acclimate myself um, to where I'm not experiencing as much anxiety? So in hindsight, like I said, I kind of formulated this, these kind of eight elements of anxiety in hindsight. Um, some of it I definitely, you know, was, it was parts were formed as I was going through this. And then when I created the journal, I was able to really kind of like boil it down and like really kind of create like this firm thing um, that is now the journal. So I started with acknowledging and accepting the anxiety's presence, right? So this was me just looking clearly in the mirror, being like, this is too much. We've got a problem here. I need to start making changes. I had to accept that I was suffering from anxiety, that it was there. It was impacting my life. And, you know, working with this, it looked like just being really upfront and honest with how my anxiety was, how it was showing up in my life, um, kind of just, you know, scratching the surface, like turning inward and reflecting, looking at like what was the actual fear, seeing what, you know, stories my anxiety was telling me, all of that, uh, where I was, where I wanted to go. That's where I started. And that is where this journal starts. So the first week is very much just, you know, looking at that, acknowledging, accepting the anxiety's presence. Um, I found this step to be really powerful of just being like, you know, looking clear in the mirror, looking my anxiety in the eye and being like, what's going on here? Um, so, that's the first week. That was kind of the first thing that I did was just, yeah, just doing that. Where where am I? How did I get here? Where do I want to go? Then the second thing that I did was, and the second week in this journal is anxiety in your body. I have always felt anxiety to be really like physical. And when it comes to anxiety and how you're feeling it in your body, if you are in this, you know, if you're shaking, if you're um, sweating, if you are, you know, quivering, you have this high heart, like you can't do anything deeper when our first line of defense, when our bodies are in this really heightened, anxious fight or flight state. And so I first started to work, you know, baby steps. How can I start to just calm this in my physical body? How can I soothe my nervous system? How can I teach myself that my body is a safe environment for me to be in? What are, you know, some of these tools, these physical tools for my toolbox? So I started doing a lot of physical meditations, progressive relaxations, breath work for the nervous system, that sort of stuff, just to be like, okay, how can I get my body to just like exhale here? Um, and just kind of pinpointing that. So that's really kind of that second week um, where you're looking at just like, okay, how is my body responding? How can I start to soothe that? Then going deeper and looking at anxiety in the mind or your thoughts. So once I had kind of learned to kind of baseline calm the body, soothing the physical self, it was time for me to kind of look a little bit deeper. Thought patterns, what thoughts was I having? This is where I really started exploring journaling, which I'll talk more about like next week. Um, so I've already been chatting for like an hour and <laughs> we don't have time for journaling today, but it's going to get its own episode. And, you know, writing things down, thought prompts, 
things like that playing? Is it a thought? Is it a truth? And for me, my anxiety, it was really in my head, especially my postpartum anxiety. I had a lot of fearful and intrusive thoughts. So exploring this safely within a meditation practice, within introspection and journaling was so helpful to help me get a clear picture of like what was actually happening in my mind and my anxious thoughts. Then week four or like, you know, layer four was really anxiety in the heart or like feelings. So once I'd kind of worked with like my body and my thoughts and it was going a little bit deeper and being like, what's in my heart? What is this emotional component to anxiety? So this was, you know, really big for me because I had to look into my own feelings around motherhood, around fear, around loss. Um, And as I told you, motherhood has the Grinch effect on me. It just grows my heart by like three sizes every time I have a child. And so I just feel so much more. I have found like in motherhood, it's just like I just feel more and more and more. So navigating that, um, learning how to let these feelings exist, exploring self-compassion, being soft with myself, even kind of this idea of like self-mothering at times, um, looking at how to navigate these big feelings and what this all had to do with my anxiety and my body and my thoughts. Um, So that's what kind of that fourth week is, is looking at, you know, anxiety in the heart, in the feelings, being gentle with yourself, being soft with yourself, you know, looking at some of those feelings and maybe what insight can it give you on your anxiety. Then the fifth week, and this is one of those, this is kind of like the turning point. Like I would say the first four weeks in the journal kind of reflects like my first half of kind of exploring my own anxiety, which is like, um, you know, how do I, it's like gathering puzzle pieces. And then the second half is like putting those puzzle pieces together or gathering tools for your toolbox in the first half and then utilizing those tools really in the second half. So soothing your anxiety, this is kind of like a turning point um, in the anxiety journey, right? So taking those puzzle pieces, putting them together, it's kind of figuring out like, what is your personal like anxiety, like recipe? What do you need? So we could have a hundred people be like, go make a chocolate chip cookie. And, you know, there's so many different chocolate chip cookie recipes. You will end up with a chocolate chip cookie at the end of it, but each recipe will be a little bit different. And it's like, what's your recipe for that kind of anxiety cookie, if if you will. And that fifth week is really looking at like, what do you need? What's working really well for you? Is it is it progressive relaxation? Is it, you know, journaling? Is it like, what's your recipe for soothing your anxiety? And I really firmly believe that like each person kind of needs their own unique recipe, if you will. Then the sixth week, and once you're kind of finding your recipe, is reframing your anxiety. So this was huge for me. This was like reframing my anxiety once I had a clear picture of not only my recipe, but like how I personally was experiencing anxiety. This was huge, uh, especially for my postpartum anxiety. I had to reframe my thoughts and my relationship with my anxiety that it wasn't it wasn't me it was just something something that was happening to me in certain moments and it really helped me when i was working with reframing it really helped me to detach from my anxiety in a way and see it as temporary and something that you know isn't like all in, encompassing and it helped me to you know kind of reframe my thoughts like for example um i would reframe the thought around, um, you know, worrying about pork chop. And I would reframe it maybe instead of like, oh, I'm so worried, I'm so worried, I'm so worried. 
this bad thing can happen, this bad thing can happen, maybe I would reframe it and say, you know, a healthy dose of fear and worry in parenting does help keep my um, children safe, but I just need to keep it within that healthy dose of fear and worry. And so kind of just like reframing of like, you know what, some worry and fear is is good, um, but I just, you know, I, I don't need to, but not, there isn't danger everywhere. Everything isn't dangerous, but like, you know, how can I kind of reframe this and be like, you know what, a healthy dose of fear and worry in parenting is good. It does benefit me. It does benefit my children, um, but I'm not going to kind of let it go overboard. So kind of reframing how I look at it, how I, you know, think about some of these things was so helpful. And this was another place where I found journaling to be really helpful to kind of write down and reframe and kind of work that out um, through journaling. Then um, the seventh week is living through it. So this for me looked a lot like, you know, living through those moments of anxiety, those big things, right? This is like applying those tools. For me, that looked like working through some prenatal anxiety when I was pregnant with Poppy. And it also a big test in living through anxiety has been also this kind of secondary, even though this is more recent. But I feel like one of my biggest tests of like, does this actually work was having another baby and being like, am I going to have this debilitating postpartum anxiety again? And I am really happy to say that I haven't. You know, I'm six-ish, seven-ish weeks postpartum, we'll say a month and a half-ish postpartum. Um, and I have had such a different experience around anxiety and fear this time around with Poppy. Um, and it makes me really happy and proud to be able to say that. But also, you know, when I was working through this, it was like, okay, how do I actually live through these these moments when I get anxious and I worry about pork chop? How do I live through it? How do I get through this? How do I apply what I've been working on and have it benefit me? And anxiety, like I said, it is healthy to a degree. We're always at some point going to experience it. Um, but to me, living through it is really learning, like, how do I realize that it's short? It's temporary. And so how do I get through it kind of as quickly as possible with the least amount of, like, you know, intense anxiety? Um, yeah. And then that and, – and I also think this week are some of my favorite, like, journal prompts. Like, there's one day where you write, like, a letter to yourself, like a little pep talk to yourself that you can read when you are having those really hard, anxious moments. So there's one day where you do a meditation, you clear your mind, you kind of welcome in, like, the softness of heart, call in your higher self, and then you write yourself, like, a little note that you can revisit and read whenever you need it when you are living through those moments of anxiety. And the final week, the eighth week, is moving beyond it. So this final week, it's – you know, it's kind of like where me and also my students and clients, I kind of think of it as like the victory lap in a way where you can reflect back and look and be like, wow, like things are different. Like I I did it. It's it's almost like if all eight weeks you've been walking up this very slight incline, like you're going, you know, walking outside and it's been a slow incline the whole time. But after but then like you look back a mile later and you're like, oh, my gosh, I've, I'm like way uphill than where I started. That's what like this week is for me is kind of that like you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, look at how far I've come. And yeah, and so different things to kind of help you, yes, look in the rearview mirror a little bit, but also, you know, look straight ahead to where you're going and check the side mirrors, if you will, if you're kind of getting in the driver's seat around this eight week mark. Um, and yeah, and so those are those are the eight different components. Um, 
the you know the reason why I picked those eight different things based on my own experience and working with students and clients and and using meditation and introspection with just a lot of anxiety. And the reason that I picked eight or eight weeks is because basically the data supports this time length. So there's been um, quite a few kind of studies. I'm just going to do a overview and analysis of recent studies that have looked at meditation, particularly mindfulness and meditation, and how it's and its ability to reduce symptoms of anxiety. And these studies all did um, eight weeks. So that's how I, I picked them. So basically the overview, the summary of these trials, these studies for eight weeks is that um, one, we really start to see, we start to feel a lot of big changes within how we're experiencing anxiety after eight weeks. So people reported significant reductions in anxiety symptoms um, after eight weeks. This is also where we see a lot of brain changes. So neuroimaging studies showed that regular meditation can lead to structural and functional changes in the brain. You guys know Sarah Lazar. I talk a lot about her. She is a pioneer in this work um, with the different parts of the brain, the amygdala, the hippocampus, the prefrontal cortex. After eight weeks, we start to see significant structural changes in these parts of the brain that play a big role in anxiety. Um, so we know that Within eight weeks, not only do we feel better and we feel like our symptoms are reducing, but we see these changes in our brain. There's also a more enhanced relaxation response. So they saw that people, some of the physical uh, symptoms associated with anxiety, increased heart rate, shallow breathing, even high blood pressure, things like that really start to improve by th that eight-week mark. And then people being able to, um, they call it like cognitive restructuring. So becoming more aware of your anxious thoughts, develop more adaptive ways of thinking, responding to anxiety-provoking situations. That changed within eight weeks. And yeah, so this the science says eight weeks of daily meditation and anxiety, like it works. You need to give it a solid eight weeks to start getting these changes in body, mind, heart, life, all of that. So that's why it's eight weeks is because science says that's the length that we need. And then also a bonus find that I found is that um, people not only, so research showed that the benefits of meditation and anxiety, that it was actually extending beyond the eight week um, time. So even if people only did like their eight weeks, if they followed up again and they saw improvement over those eight weeks, if they followed up again at like 10 weeks and 12 weeks, even if they weren't continuing their meditation, although continue your meditation guys, but they still saw more improvement, like even past those eight weeks, even if they stopped their meditation for a little bit, which I thought was interesting was that it continues to improve even beyond the eight weeks. So, and the thing that's great is that meditation and journaling working with mantra like these are short little improvements that add up to like long-term improvement so like I said I've been working with anxiety personally for the last three years um, it's made a huge difference in my life with private clients with me students all of that and so I wanted to take kind of all the trial and error and learning and reading and changing and applying and boil it down and package it up into something where you don't have to spend years figuring out what works. You can just pick up this journal 
and keep it in your bedside table, carry it with you, whatever, create this little micro habit for yourself and be like, you know what, I want to start working on my anxiety for real. And I want to kind of just dedicate myself to a short daily practice for eight weeks to see big changes in anxiety. So a few little things to note here um, about the journal or the way that it works is you will start with like eight-ish, five to eight minutes of meditation every day, and then you add just a little bit each week, and then by the last week, you're doing about 12 minutes daily. The entire day should take you like 20 minutes or less. Certainly, if you're like a journaler where you just like keep going and going and going and going, you could spend more time on it, but it's designed to be kind of this short micro habit that you can create. Um, There'll be those daily audio instructions with the QR code and the American version. Um, And it is beautiful, you guys, the images. I'll have to post some of the illustrations on Instagram so you guys can see it because they're really beautiful. And it is available for pre-order now. So it's going to be published on January 2nd, but pre-order it now, guys, because here's the deal. For anyone who pre-orders right now, I am working on – I'm going to give you guys a bonus – I'm going to do a bundle bonus for anyone who pre-orders. I'm going to do bonus um, anxiety meditations. So I'm working on them right now because you guys know this is my first day back to work. So they're currently in the process um, of a bonus panic attack practice. So if you are having a panic attack, it's one of those you can just hit play um, and hopefully uh, work through that. Um, Anxious uh, evening, like a nightmare um, meditation. My anxiety shows up a lot as nightmares. Uh, There'll be a yoga nidra, bonus yoga nidra practice for anxiety, and a nervous system reset uh, meditation. So it's going to be like the meditation for sleep album, um, but I'm just going to – anyway, pre-orders, I'm just going to give it to you. So it's going to be bonus guided meditation. So go and pre-order it. Screenshot your order number because I'll tell you how you can get those bonus um, meditations probably in next week's episode because I have to record them and upload them. But yeah, go if you want to check out You Are Not Your Thoughts. it's, it's there. You can order it on Amazon. Um, you can pre-order a signed copy through my website. I'm going to put that up right now. And anyone who pre-orders will get a bonus meditations. And I'm going to link in the show notes. There'll be a link where you can go to all the places to pre-order. It's available anywhere um, that you're listening to any country. You can get that. And... Yeah, next week I'm going to share Journaling 101, why I changed my mind on journaling, some of the science behind that. And I think I think that's it. That's I've been chatting for a while here. I appreciate you guys listening, listening to my anxiety story, listening to the inspiration behind this particular project. I'm really proud of this project, and I also I'm really excited to share it because I know that it's going to have a big impact on us as a collective for mindful minutes because I know that a lot of us are working through anxiety right now and so I'm just feeling really excited to finally have a thing that I can share specifically to help through anxiety because even just looking back on my postpartum anxiety my experience from almost three years ago when I had pork chop versus this time having kind of embarked on this anxiety journey um really being through the other side of it, it feels so good. My life is just so different. Um, it feels like a breath of fresh air to not have that same experience, that that same just like all-encompassing um, anxiety. And I really hope that this journal can help a lot of you 
with that as well. So like I said, it's gonna be published on January 2nd. You'll hear me talk a lot about it over the next six-ish weeks or so. We're gonna do some fun little anxiety bonuses, if you can call them fun, um, leading up to that. But yeah, go pre-order that, you know, that bad boy so we can get Porkchop and Poppy into college. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, go do that. Thanks for listening. I'm so grateful for all of you. Thank you for being here. I truly, um, you all mean so much to me. Not to spoil it, but the dedication of the book is to all of you. So it truly is. It's, I dedicated it to Mindful Minutes listeners because, you know, and like I said, you guys didn't know it, but in one of the thickest moments of my anxiety, you guys were the thing that really pulled me through. So I'm grateful for you guys. And yeah, go click the link in the show notes or head over to yogafuonline.com. And I would love for you to pre-order You Are Not Your Thoughts if you're feeling called to do so. Okay, I will see you on Sunday for a guided meditation.